Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my very good friend, Rayanne Buccianico. Hello, how are you? I am doing well, Carl. How are you? Thank you for having me here today. I, I am good. So we're literally on opposite ends of the uh, country, of, of the continent. <laughs> I'm in California, you're in Florida. Uh, so sadly, I don't know when I'll ever actually see you in the real world again. Like that I literally don't know. <laughs> That really, that makes me very sad. I saw, uh, I saw a post today. It's like Canadian Day, right? So, you know, and there's a picture of all of the Canadians that were at DattoCon last year. And it really made me sad for, you know, missing seeing so many people out in the wild. You know, I, I almost never leave my house. And um, yeah, I think we're all about over it. Yeah, it's a very strange year. So uh, anyway, so speaking of this year, I want to chat with you about a number of things. But first, let me introduce you to people who haven't heard of you before. Rayanne is literally uh, the, the queen of the aisle when it comes to the, the, the year of 2020, IT consultants, finances, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, she is an enrolled agent. She's an accountant. She runs a managed service business. Uh, she helps IT professionals to straighten out their finances and uh, do things uh, very, not just correctly, but strategically. And so she comes from a perspective of, of knowing things, a combination of skills that basically nobody else has that combination or very few people that I've ever heard of. Um, so, and I, the reason I say she's the queen is this is the year that uh, all of these um, government cares programs came out and everybody turned to Rayanne and said, help us understand this. And she did in a series of uh, various webinars and trainings and so forth. So tell us anything else you'd like us to know about you. Well, thank you for all of that. And it has been literally nonstop since uh, the CARES Act was passed back in March 27th. Actually, even before that, uh, the Families First and Coronavirus Response Act, the FFCRA, was passed on March 18th. So I started reading about that. Then the CARES Act came out, and I started reading all of that. And then they changed it. And then they changed it again. And then somebody coined my, my new favorite phrase, right? It's the final interim report and the final interim guidance. <laughs> so every time I file a tax return now, I want to stamp it with final interim return, you know, and see how they like it for a that change. Is, that is awesome bureaucracy right there. <laughs> so, um, but yes, uh, now that everybody has in their PPP money, as a matter of fact, uh, because yesterday was the deadline for filing for a PPP loan, which is a payroll protection program loan, uh, which was put into effect by the CARES Act. Um, and that was just extended into August, I believe. So if you did not get your PPP loan and think that you still might want to get one, you have another five weeks to apply for it. And they actually mentioned this this morning on the news that there was a lot of unused money that they are trying to figure out, should they fine tune what they're gonna do with that? And so there may be more changes coming. 
I suspect that there will be, although I can guarantee one thing that will not change, and that's the July 15th deadline to file your income taxes. Ooh. The IRS has said we absolutely have no intention of extending this deadline. So this is the, the April 15th deadline that got extended? Correct. Ah, I guess it I filed mine on time, so I didn't, you know. Right, but if you did not, um, you still have until July 15th to file your return. You can file an extension if you're still not ready for whatever reason, but it's only going to extend you till October 15th, which is the normal deadline. So I don't want to get too much in yeah. the weeds here, but uh, you know, one of the things that's been frustrating as a business owner is that the rules literally have changed multiple times and you know because and I know that they're trying to do their best and all that but it is frustrating to try to figure out am I still inside the law and does this all apply and am I going to be forgiven and you know it's great to have a little bit of money but I gotta say I am nervous about being forgiven even though there, theoretically there should be no problem um, until that and you know it's like getting paid by a vendor, right? <laughs> until the money shows up in my bank, until the forgiveness letter is in my hand, uh, I, I'm nervous about it, so. As you should be, and if you think it's frustrating for you, you know, try being on my end, you know, where it's not just one company, but you know, we've got like 50 or 70 companies that we're trying to help them all navigate too. And uh, however, you know, I've, I've got a couple of clients, I have to say that, you know, they never assumed that the PPP loan would get forgiven. So even while they were taking the money and using it for payroll, they would take a similar amount of money and stick it aside into a savings account just in case that the government decides, you know, to rescind its forgiveness offer. Yeah, I'm not I seeing... I didn't set extra money aside, but I did make the assumption that this is like, you know, when I... When I go to Fry's and I buy something and there's a coupon, I'm assuming that that rebate is never going to show up. So <laughs> I have been kind of working with that understanding. Well, there's no indication that the forgiveness won't happen. You know, uh, nobody has said, well, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to cut back on some of this forgiveness. As a matter of fact, Congress has actually stepped up the uh, forgiveness portion allowing a little bit more flexibility of the spending with the money. So, you know, when, when the PVP first came out, it, there were very stringent rules. Then the second wave came out and uh, by June 5th, they had relaxed the spending requirements of the PPP money. So um, I, I feel pretty confident that the forgiveness will happen. And, uh, and I can only recommend, um, making sure that you get those applications in as quickly as possible. All right, one last question, then we'll move on to other stuff. So with the EIDL, there, there's also a loan opportunity there, which is ridiculously cheap and very tempting. And the question is, what are the legitimate uses for that? Because when I looked into it, it was very clear that loss of revenue, replacing lost revenue is not a legitimate use for that money. That is correct, it is not. However, um, you can use that money for what's called working capital. And as a matter of fact, the entire economic injury disaster loan, which is the EIDL, um, is to be used 
solely for working capital. And that's actually like one of the first clauses on the loan paperwork that you agree that you will use this only for working capital and what is working capital. And that's one of the things I'm going to teach in my course that starts next week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the uh, working capital, those are going to be, you know, normal everyday operating expenses. So if, effectively it is not replacing lost revenue it is simply making sure that your bills stay paid until you can recover from that lost revenue so uh and, and let me throw out a couple of other things that includes working capital anything that is in your short-term liabilities accounts payable credit cards and even short-term lines of credit they are all included in your working capital calculations. Working capital is calculated by current, current assets divided by current liabilities. So if it's in your current liabilities and don't pick up your mortgage from long-term liabilities and move it up to short-term because you think that you'll be able to write it off, no, don't do that. Um, so current is current, is things that are due in the next 12 months. So part of um, what's going on with this is, uh, you know, are you doing the the right thing? Are you using this money the way it was intended, right? Like the the PPP was not intended for uh, large companies with lots of cash flow to uh, pay their bonuses to their uh, managers, <laughs> right? Um, right? But so the EIDL legitimately, if I'm a sole proprietor or a, uh, a small S corp and I my company owes me whatever five thousand dollars in uh, payments from things that i put on a credit card and i have a line of credit from the bank of a thousand dollars those are all legit uh expenses for eidl absolutely and please keep uh accurate documentation especially when you are transferring that money to your own pocket you want to make sure that there's a legitimate business reason for it and you have the documentation to back it up you don't have to submit documentation to the EIDL or to the SBA because there is no forgiveness of it. However, uh, it is right in the loan documentation that they can come and audit your spending of that money at any time. So when you're talking about doing things like paying yourself back because you know you lent your company $10,000 last year and you know you've been waiting for the cash to be able to pay yourself back for that, make sure that you have some sort of documentation as to what that money was for and not just, you know, uh, money to Carl today. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. And in general, don't be tempted by, you know, borrowing incorrectly. So anyway, great. So enough of that. Now okay. let's talk about, uh, you mentioned you're going to be teaching a class. Tell us about that. I am. And it's one of my favorite classes too. Uh, it, we call it the financial processes. I call it the financial processes class. I think you have a much longer name for it, but I call it financial processes. And it's, um, it doesn't, it's not centered around any one particular accounting system. Um, although most of my handouts, you know, you will recognize is coming from some form of QuickBooks, whether it's QuickBooks desktop or QuickBooks online. But, you know, what I really do is you know, we start off with, let's take a look at your chart of accounts and does it need to be cleaned up? And, you know, how, you know, how would you even set up your chart of accounts, right? You know, um, and why would you set it up a certain way? And there's plenty of people out there that are using the service leadership chart of accounts. And I think there's a couple of other 
peer groups out there that have their own chart of accounts. Um, but for those that are not using them, I have a chart of accounts that, and I teach you, you know, how to set it up so that it works for you. And then once you've done that, then I, I move into teaching you how to read the financials and using that information. But this year I have um, something new. You know me. Every year I do something new. I was going to say, you, you completely revise this class every time. And we actually have people who take this class again and again because they know that they're going to get new stuff. So... And that's mostly because I get bored with repeating myself. <laughs> so I, I have to keep coming up with new material, you know, to keep it fresh, um, you know, and interesting and relevant to the IT community as it is today. You know, and I also have to, you know, my ADD starts to kick in if I, or if I start to get a little repetitive, you know, I might zone out. So I have to keep myself um, focused and, and energetic about the information. And so this year, I've, and I've been holding off on this news for this particular podcast, because I wanted to tell you first. Um, I've been working with a group in uh, the Boston area, and they are building a cash flow um, projection tool. It's a cash flow predictor, is what they call it. It's called um, Monit, M-O-N-I-T dot I-O. And they are, uh, and I'm helping them build a cash flow tool that is actually useful to the business owner. And uh, so it's a phone app, and um, and you connect it to your QuickBooks online, and it picks up your information, shows you all of these different cash things you can enter in, different events, you know, um, what ifs, and and it will even you know guide you, you know, when it starts to see some things that are maybe a little unusual that you should have your attention to. So I've been working with them and uh, they've agreed to allow me to uh, give out this tool for free, you know, and uh, to people in my class. Wow. And, um, and in addition to that, they've been working on a PPP forgiveness app and they've allowed me to give that out as well. So I'm gonna be demonstrating it, showing people how to use it, and it's, a, it's exclusively for the Great Little Seminar course. Nice, well, thank you very much. So folks can find your class at greatlittleseminar.com. And uh, obviously people who are members of the Small Biz Thoughts technology community get unbelievable discounts, um, and, and you should know Rand gets paid for every student, even if that student gets a massive discount from me. So <laughs> don't don't worry, just because you get a discount, uh, she's still getting paid full price. So it's all good. Oh, you know me, I would do it for free anyway. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. Forget what I just no, said. No, I will edit late, that out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually am not sure how long you've been doing this for us, but it's at least five years, I think. I believe so. Um, I, I want to say it was around 2014, 2015. When did you start doing these courses? Right around there. So it, it must have been like first year or something. But um, Rayanne's classes are always super, super popular because she doesn't start out with, um, I guess, uh, accounting 101 and, you know, double entry, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> She literally starts out with, okay, so you're running this business. Now let's talk about how do you do this and how do you do that? It's very, very 
practical um, and speaks specifically to IT consultants, right? I mean, uh, you know, I think most coaching, 90% of it could apply to everybody, right? Like a dentist could read one of my books and get some value out of it, but it's not really intended for them. The people who get the most value are this audience. And I think this is the same way that there are generally acceptable accounting practices. And then there's the reality of making that happen inside an IT consulting business. Yes. And, you know, and I build some procedures also that um, are specifically designed for IT people. Like, for instance, if you're buying uh, hardware for resale for a customer and that vendor makes you pay sales tax, how do you get that sales tax back? Well, I have a process for that. What about uh, purchases of hardware that you use in your office and your vendor doesn't charge you sales tax? Now you have to track the use tax purchase. And how do you do that? Well, I have a process for that too. And you're going to find that in this course. Um, also, things like matching up the purchase of the hardware with the sale of that hardware in the same period, you know, because you, you might collect that money from the customer in June and then you know you, you may get a bill from your vendor in July and so you can't really measure the profitability on that entire project you know if the the revenue is in one period and the costs are in another period how do you get them to line up guess what I have a process for that too especially so, since you do you you talk about um, not uh, what's it called the uh, cash cash uh, accounting rather than uh, accrual. accrual. So if you do cash accounting, June and July are completely different months. And so you have to account for them in the month in, right. the, in the bookkeeping. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So for income tax purposes, you need to do that. So, and I always tell people that, you know, um, what goes on your income tax return should have absolutely no effect on the way you manage your business. So you need to understand both of these things because if you're not, you need to manage your business on the accrual level, this it's otherwise known as the matching uh, method, right? So you're getting everything to match and line up into the right periods, you know, cash is cash, you know, and your accountant will know how to move the accrual things off of the balance sheet and onto the P&L, you know, at the end of the year for taxes and then move it back, you know, so that you can continue managing your business. So, um, so yes, I, I touch on that quite a bit too. And uh, you also have just massive, massive handouts. I think more than me, and more than any other instructor, uh, like sometimes I, I'm uploading them and I'm like, wait a minute, well then I'm counting you know, 12 handouts in a week, 14 handouts in a week, it's pretty impressive. Well, I'm just trying to get the information to make sense. You know, the more that I can, you know, the, the more I can give out, you know, that you can look at and you know, as you're watching the video again or sitting in class, you can follow along you know, um, yeah, I just, I try to give spoon feed as much information as I can. It's, just, it's what I do. So um, this class starts, I guess, July 7th? Correct. So it goes for five weeks. So folks could check that out at greatlittleseminar.com. Um, in terms of other stuff, uh, what else have you got going? Because you've got like, uh, I don't know, two or three businesses that you run besides this one. 
Well, so it's been a little busy here at ABC Solutions. So there hasn't been an awful lot of time. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about all of the things that they're doing with their free time while in lockdown. And I'm like, can I just get a day off? You know, just, <laughs> just one day off where I can sit at my pool with my brand new towel, you know, and and go swimming, you know, or something. It's uh, the beaches are open, but um, I'm not ready for beaches yet. Uh, so I'll just hang out by my pool for the time being. Um, so, and uh, Amy and I also run someMSP.com. And, you know, we are talking about um, another reboot of some MSP. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> and, um, and I'm working with Chris Tim over in the UK. Um, we have a podcast called PSA Impact. And it's a PSA independent podcast, even though we both have an awful lot of Autotask experience. So we end up, you know, by default, going to the Autotask procedures when we're talking about how to do different things. But really, the information is universal across all the PSAs. So you started this podcast a few months ago, uh, I think at the beginning of the quarantine. Actually, uh, our podcast first went live in September of 2019. That's how, that's how fast time has been. <laughs> so, oh, so you were well be before the beginning of the quarantine. All right. right. So, um, and where can folks get a hold of that podcast? So, of course, you can find us on all, um, any of your favorite podcast catchers. You know, uh, I prefer Stitcher. Um, but, you know, pl there's plenty of other podcast catchers out there. We're at PSAimpact.net. We also have a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, and a Twitter page. Uh, it's all PSA Impact. So PSA Impact is what we would search for on Stitcher. Correct. Very cool. And um, so tell me about the podcast. So you and Chris Tim who, by the way, is a super long time friend of mine also. Uh, I think I've known him 12 or 14 years. <laughs> uh, you get together and you're like on different continents. Right, yep, he's in the UK, I'm in Florida. You know, and a, we even had a, a guest on our podcast from Australia. So, you know, we had the entire globe covered in that one, you know, podcast episode and so here's what happened. There's a group on Facebook, it's called uh, Autotask User Group or something like that. And somebody was asking questions and Chris went to answer it and I, I went to answer it and I saw that he was already there. And so then I reached out and I said, you know, Chris, why aren't we doing something like this together, you know, to help other people? And he wrote back like in a few minutes, yeah, we should absolutely be doing that. And I said, well, let's start a podcast. You know, let's just, you know, do something fun. You know, um, somebody in the UK, somebody in the US, you know, just two people having conversations about, you know, how to manage your MSP, so on and so forth. And that's kind of how it came about. And you're only five hours apart. So that makes it a little easier to coordinate. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And he usually, um, we usually record, you know, in my afternoon, which is his evening. And uh, so I guess it's after his work day and, and now he has, you know, some time to develop. So. Yeah. On the West Coast, it's a little harder to connect with people in England. Um, yeah. It's not so bad. My late afternoon is early morning tomorrow in Australia, but 
I don't know how people in the UK and Australia connect because they're like, you know, 10 hours apart. So. Right. The gentleman that we talked to in Australia, let's see, uh, it was my 5 p.m. It was the Australia's 7 a.m. And it was the UK's 11 p.m. Right? Yeah. Six, uh, 10, 10 p.m., 10 or 11 p.m. <laughs> so, yeah, we were not only all over the globe, but all over the clock, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just started working with somebody who uh, is in Egypt. And so I, wow. I, I sent a note. I'm like, so when are you available? And he said, just for your purposes, 24-7, and we'll figure it out on this end. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, uh, let me get back to the classes. So with, with the uh, IT consultants, I love the fact that you have the uh, chart of accounts because I think it's probably the most important thing that people need to do when they're setting up, whether it's Sage or QuickBooks or whatever, is figure out what, are, what goes in and what comes out because if you don't put it in the right way, you can't get the reports you need. And so, you know, I remember when I first set up my QuickBooks, you know, a hundred years ago, they have this interview process. What kind of business are you running? Well, there is no IT consulting, right? So it was a service business. And so they created a, all this crap that I don't need. Right. And then I, I went to my tax guy and I'm like, what's going on here? And he said, I recommend you have as few categories as it takes to get the job done. There's a handful of things required by the states and the feds and the rest of it needs to make your system as efficient as possible. And so he basically, of course, at that point, half of this stuff you can't delete, you have to make it inactive. So I always felt like there's this, you know, bunch of garbage right behind the curtain there that could mess up my stuff at any time. <laughs> right. So in QuickBooks desktop, um, you know, you if you can't delete something, the best thing to do is to merge it with something else, right? Uh -huh. Because that will make it actually go away. And, uh, you know, so you can rename it, you can merge it in with another account, um, you know, and then you don't have to stare at it anymore. So and where were you 25 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not yet in Florida. Um, I, was, I was thinking about going to Florida, but I was not uh, yet here. I was right. still up in Philly. So, but that chart of accounts is huge. And, you know, uh, I think I probably was in business six or seven years before I straightened out having, being, making it easy for me to look at what I sold and the cost of goods sold for that same thing. You know, I mean, even hardware mm -hmm. and software, I just, and it was, once I set it up, I was like, oh, well, that's obvious <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> Well, sure. After the fact, I mean, you know, the hardware and the software, that's kind of obvious. But the things that are not so obvious are, you know, the cost of services, um, your RMM costs, your uh, antivirus costs, your, you know, um, your dark web hosting, you know, so if you're segregating out, like, let's say your security services, you have to segregate out the security costs so that you can make sure that you are making the margins that everybody's promised you that you would make, you know, on those services, you know, and it's also a good way to double check to make sure that, you know, you're not paying for a customer's um, dark web monitoring 
that hasn't been invoiced for it as well. So, you know, I'll walk people through, you know, um, the, the quick audit that we do, you know, every month when, you know, we're lining things up and making sure that when they're posted in the right place two the customer's been invoiced for it, you know, in three, and we've got everything properly accounted for. All right. So we're almost out of time, but let me ask you a question you're probably not prepared for. Okay, shoot. If there were only two or three things that you should measure in your business, what are they? I would uh, say- Financially, I mean. Financially. Uh, the measurements that you're gonna need or are primarily um, gross profits at the service level. So split out your services and make sure that you know, you're making the gross profit margins that you should be making at each service level. The second thing that you should be measuring is where you're spending your cash with, you know, how much cash is coming in, how much cash is going out and where is it going? So, you know, cash flow management is absolutely critical, especially when the world is in such flux as it is right now. And then, of course, the third thing is going to be your net profits, because you want to make sure that you're making a minimum of 10% on your gross revenue um, for take home. You know, if you're not making 10 cents on the dollar, then what's it all for? Right. So you were prepared for that. I really wasn't. But those are the, <laughs> literally my stock answers. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, so fine. So I'm not going to catch you in anything. So Sorry. be that way. Uh, I love that 10. I always tell people 12% because to be honest, if you're making 8%, you should just put your money in the stock market and go get a job. <laughs> right. So, and maybe this year, you know, stock market's doing better than that. What a weird year for that. I mean, you want to, you want a clear measure that the stock market and the economy are not directly related to one another. This is the year for that. Oh, I totally agree with that. You know, because we still have a stock market that's way up here and 40 million people out of work. You know, I don't, I, how do you reconcile that? The, your work is not the economy. My work is not the economy. So, <laughs> all right. Any final words before we let you go? I just, you know, I hope that if you have taken my class in the past, you know, consider taking it again, because there's always something new. There's always something different. And, uh, and I want to just thank you, Carl, for always giving me the opportunity and the mic. Happy to have it. Uh, and people get a hold of you at abcsolutionsfl.com? Correct. For Florida. Yes. For uh, ABC Solutions FL, like Florida. Dot com and um and once you're there check out my resources page because I have a lot of uh, interesting documents that I give away you know and um, there's a lot of COVID nineteen documentation and things so there's a lot of good stuff on my resources page and I try to update that as often as I can. Very good, thank you, Rayanne, for being with us today, and we will see you again. Soon. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.